Hi, everybody. I'm Wendy Murdoch, and this is Webinars with Wendy. I'm doing a series of webinars to help horse people understand their horses better. You know, in this day and age, there's a lot of new information that's coming out, and we are understanding the brain in new and fabulous ways. And so I think if we are going to keep evolving so that we do the best by our partners, it's important for us to learn more about how they function, how they think, and how we can relate to them. Um, Surefoot is certainly one of the pieces of that puzzle in terms of getting your horse ready to ride, whether that's recovering from injury, whether that's warm up or cool down, or if there's a situation in your training where your horse is anxious and you can use Surefoot to help them get over that anxiety and be uh, in a learning mode so that everybody can learn together. Today, I'm gonna to talk about using Surefoot for emergencies. And I realized that while I've kind of alluded to that in a number of webinars, I haven't actually addressed it as a topic. And I really thought that that would be important um, so that people understand how useful Surefoot can be in an emergency. Um, so if you uh, have a story that you'd like to share with me, please let me know in the chat or pop it in the Q&A. Um, and I'd really love for people to share their stories. And if you're watching this recorded, you can always email me at wendy at wendymurdoch.com and share your story or go to fans of Surefoot Equine on Facebook and share your story there. The more stories that we share, the more horses we're gonna help because so often we don't think about this as a first line, um, yet it can absolutely be. And so I think once we realize that having a Surefoot pad handy, um, we can help so many different situations. The first story I wanna tell you about was actually way back in 2017 and it was in Germany. Um, and Brynja Rydell, my four-hoof trainer over in Germany, after I had left, I was there at, for Equitana and I left, um, she had a situation at her barn where there was a horse that was down and they couldn't get it up. And so finally what happened was another horse came over and nudged it and helped them get the horse up. And then they used the full physio pad, which I had just come out with. Literally the first full physio pads were presented at Equitana in 2017. And they placed that underneath the horse's front feet. And in minutes, the horse started to graze again. And so um, Brynja actually dubbed the full physio pad the emergency pad because it was so miraculous how it brought this horse around from near death to grazing. And this is for reasons that we don't fully understand. It's for the same reasons that I think Surefoot in general works. And it's obviously um, because that the hoof is a sensory organ. I had that little chat with uh, Lucinda yesterday about including the foot as a sensory, as a sensory um, input. But you know, the hoof is a sensory organ and the horse gathers information from that foot that affects its entire physiology. It affects brain chemicals. And if we have a horse in stress, one of the things we want to do is to release brain chemicals that are going to help the horse calm down and switch the autonomic nervous system from fight and flight or stress, right, to calming and peacefulness. And so, you know, when we're stressed, we're going to get adrenaline, we're going to be, you know, more in the sympathetic, we're going to be more anxious, we're going to be more sensitive, our pain receptors are going to be firing. And for whatever reason, you know, we see that with Surefoot, we get that down regulation that it brings the sympathetic system down, it switches to the parasympathetic, rest and digest. And we know this by observing the horse. 
So the signs of switching to parasympathetic are head lowering, deeper breathing, eye blinks, licking and chewing, sighing, blowing out, um, grazing, right? These are all signs of the horse coming down. And these are the typical signs that we see with Surefoot. So um, Dr. Stephen Peters, um, I'll have to get him back and uh, to talk more about the brain, but he was one of the first people that I showed Surefoot to way back when I started. And I actually went to his house and I worked with Dr. Peters horses, whom he know, knew really, really well. And he said he saw breathing changes in three to 10 seconds. And he also said, he called me a drugstore actually, to be honest, because he said that the pads are triggering a, a soup of neurochemicals. It's not just one neurochemical, but a whole variety of neurochemicals. So you have acetylcholine, serotonin, dopamine, um, endorphins, um, there's a number of them. And in some cases, we believe that there's endorphin release because you see horses not only come down, but go into a very deep state. Um, and so he believes that Surefoot is actually activating sensors to cause a release of a variety of neurochemicals, this soup, if you will, that is eliciting a lot of the um, nervous system changes that we see. And so when we think about a horse in an emergency, typically, you know, the horse is going to be stressed. He's going to be up in the sympathetic. He's going to be anxious. His heart's going to be racing. He's going to be breathing rapidly. He's going to be in pain. There's going to be a lot of stuff going on. And if we can find a way to offer that horse some down regulation, it, it's depending on the situation, it, it may not resolve whatever the problem is, but if we can help the horse to the point where we can get to a vet and help the horse with veterinary care, that's life-saving, that's super important. And so the, the first picture I wanna show you is um, actually, um, this is from the World Equestrian Games held in Tryon, that's uh, three years ago now, when they had the hurricane come through. I can't remember it, you know, pre-COVID. That's kind of how we date things now. Um, and I had sent a full set of Surefoot pads and then a half a dozen half physio pads down to Tryon to uh, be available to the farriers because Daisy Bicking was one of the farriers that was at Tryon for the World Equestrian Games. And so, um, I just shipped them down because I was heading off to Africa at the time. I couldn't be there. And I got this picture from James Gilchrist, who was the head farrier for WEG. I, I can't tell you what was going on with the horse. I don't recall that part of the story, but I got this picture. They sent this picture to me and they didn't even bother taking the wrapper off the pads before they used them, as you can see. Um, and so I, I wound up calling uh, Mr. Gilchrist and I talked to him about this. And what I remember from what he told me was he got radioed that there was a horse in really, really serious trouble. And so he radioed ahead and said, put that horse on the physio pads. And so they did. And so this horse, they just brought it up. They stood it on the physio pads. And what he told me was that by using the physio pads, it bought them enough time to get the treatment that the horse needed to save the horse. 
And so this is a case where, you know, Surefoot is certainly not going to solve the problem. I can't even remember what the problem was, but it was pretty serious. But by using the Surefoot pads, they were able to buy time. And by buying time, they were able to save the horse. And so this is where we have to think about Surefoot as um, you know, in emergencies as one of our frontline aids. Now there are others, certainly the T-touch ear work, um, the mouth work, belly lifts, those kinds of things, really, really helpful. And of course, whatever other tools you have, depending on the situation. But when we think of the foot as a sensory organ and that we can create a change in the neurochemicals in the brain by using Surefoot, and that it brings the horse down, it's really important to remember our surefoot pads if our horse is in trouble. Now, obviously, um, you know, not every horse, oh, 2018, thanks. Not every horse is going to want them. And that's part of it, that's okay. But if we don't even offer, how do we know that they don't want it? So if we offer it to the horse and they don't want the pad, fine do something else, right? It's totally fine. But what if you didn't offer and it could have really made a difference? And that's the point I'm trying to make here. Um, and typically when I'm working with a horse that is in trouble like that, the half physio pad is just the handiest and easiest pad to use. And it's the one that if I were to go anywhere, I would make sure I had one in my car, in my bag. You know, I wouldn't fly without one anymore because I've seen so many amazing things with that pad, both human and horse, um, that tells me why not keep it in my emergency kit, keep it in my bag, you know? Oh, um, and just as an aside, I got a really interesting email from someone who has some um, issues with her back. And I can't remember the whole story. Sorry, I, I'm not the kind of brain that hangs onto that stuff. But what I do remember from her story is that she is sleeping on her physio pad at night in her bed. And I've been meaning to put one in my bed and try it. But she says it's made a world of difference to her neurologic problems. So um, I have seen other situations where Surefoot has really helped people. I had a woman in New Zealand who had come off her horse and she had a head injury and she'd had a headache for two weeks. She brought her horse to me to use Surefoot. And when she told me this, I said, well, here, stand on this half physio pad and she did, and within minutes, her headache went away. And then that night she went home and slept deeply. And then she was way better, so much better. So this was a, an injury that happened, a head injury, but the surefoot pads made such a difference to her and her life. And so, you know, if we don't offer, we don't know. If we don't stand on them, there's no possibility of being helpful. Now, um, there's colic. And this is a place where I think that Surefoot can be extremely helpful. And of course, call your veterinarian first. You know, with any colic, you don't know if it's going to get worse or better. And so I'd much rather the vet comes out and goes up, oh, you don't need me. Here's your, you know, house call fee, than not call the vet and watch the horse take a turn for the worse. And by the time the vet could get there, it's too late. And actually I know of a recent situation where that happened, that the vet saw the horse, that it was okay. And then went away and when they came back, they couldn't save the horse. So, um, so 
once you call the vet, um, please then, if you have any surefoot pads, and it doesn't matter what you have, like I prefer the half physio pad just because it's easier to work with when a horse is uncomfortable and it's lower profile, but you know, whatever pad you have, it doesn't matter. Just grab your pads and go to your horse. Um, so the first instance I heard about this was with Dante. And Dante was the very first horse I worked with with Surefoot back in 2012, May 2012. So we're at anniversary month. And you know what? We're almost at anniversary day. I believe it was May 12th. Um, and we should do something special for that. Okay. Um, I'll think about it. So um, I saw Susan, Dante's owner, uh, a couple of years later. And she was like, you know, I forgot to tell you that one time Dante was colicking and I used Banamine and I was walking him and, you know, she called the vet and he, he wasn't getting better. And then she remembered her surefoot pads and she put him on the surefoot pads and she said he either burped or farted. One of the other gas came out, um, big breath, and he was all better. And that was the first time I'd heard about surefoot helping a colic. And so then I started hearing a couple of stories, not many, but just kind of around the edges about Surefoot helping a horse with colic. And then one day, um, Joyce's horse, Kid, colicked. And so Joyce and I were standing there and I was like, well, let's see what happens with the Surefoot pads. And so we pulled them out. Um, I think it was the physiopad. I can't remember now. Um, sadly, I don't retain those kind of details, but anyway. We put her on pads and what Joyce noticed was that the colic was much shorter. Now, obviously she did other things, right? Um, some acupuncture, some homeopathic remedies. Can't remember what else we did, but Surefoot was a part of it. And what she noticed was that the episode was much shorter. So even if Surefoot can't resolve it, if we can shorten that, that is going to be very, very beneficial. Um, so it's just a, something to really keep in the back of your mind. And if you see that a horse is colicking and you have a pad, there's no harm in it. Um, if the horse doesn't want to stand on it, if kid didn't want to stand on the pads, we didn't make her. I would just offer it to her and then she would stand for a while and then she would move and then I would offer again. So just the way we present the pads to the horse in the first place, it's the same idea. But that was when we had sort of firsthand experience of seeing Surefoot shorten a colic. I did have a situation where a horse was colicking where I was teaching a lesson and we used the full physio pad. It was what I had. Um, and we could see that he could stay on it for a while and then he'd move off. It ultimately resulted in the horse having to be put down. But what the owner said to me was while she was waiting for the vet, she could see that it at least helped his stress levels, that it it didn't, couldn't resolve it, but it helped keep the, the pain and anxiety under control so that the horse wasn't writhing in pain. So again, you know, Surefoot isn't going to solve everything. Nothing solves everything. But as a, a means to making the horse more comfortable in the situation um, when you're waiting for the vet and that, you know, you it's just one of your tools. It's one of your important tools to remember. Um, let's see, were the pads put on our back feet? If we're talking about Joyce's horse, I can't remember. Um, the horse that 
ultimately had to be put down. It was his front feet. Um, so somebody's saying my tailbone has been sore for a while and I'm sitting on my physiopath in the office and it feels better. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And we've, we've had other reports of, of people sitting on their physiopad and feeling a lot better too. So, you know, I just, we, we have, um, considered bringing out the line for humans. Um, right now we've just got to get Surefoot nailed down where it's really, a, you know, everything's solid in the pipeline where we've gotten a warehouse. We're really excited. We're getting it cleaned up. We're changing out all the lights. And, um, so there's a lot of prep work on the warehouse before we can move in. Um, but when we do that, we're hoping that we can bring out the, the line for humans and also for the dogs. So um, it's there, it's, we haven't forgotten it, but it's, it's amazing how long some things take to get organized and set up and going. Um, I wanna tell you about, wait, what was that story I wanted to tell you? Oh yeah, so two years ago, um, Sharon Wilsey was here in Virginia and I was gonna go down and uh, be with her at her workshop. And so as I drove in, there was some pipe corrals on the left-hand side on the driveway. And I saw these people with this horse and the horse looked really distressed. And I think Laura came over, Laura Wilsey came over. And so I parked my car and I walked over and I you know, asked what was going on. And it turned out that this horse had been trailered down in a van uh, personal van, their van, um, from Pennsylvania, and he had come just not traveled well. He had been very distressed traveling down. And then he was in this pipe corral next to a golf course, and they were having a tournament. And so these guys, if you've ever heard that sound of golf balls being hit by a metal club, it has a particular sound. And every time somebody hit a ball, this horse was just beside himself. He was really stressed. And so the owners were also extremely stressed and, you know, they wanted to take the horse home, um, but, you know, he wasn't ready to get in the trailer. And, you know, it was just a bad situation for everybody when I arrived. And so I, I grabbed my physiopad and it turned out that a couple of years before this horse had been on surefoot pads. And this is um, a really good point in that by having your horse experience surefoot, even if it's years later, they will remember that experience. And that's what happened with this horse. So um, they told me that, that I, I think I had actually seen him, I didn't recall that, but, and used some surefoot pads with him a couple years before. Um, and so I grabbed my half physio pad and I walked into the pen and I didn't try to stop him. He was really busy, busy, busy. Um, and I just started working with the half physiopad. And if he stayed on it for a nanosecond, it was totally fine. Um, you know, and that's the thing to realize with horses that are in stress. Uh, a lot of times they, they need to keep moving. And so, you know, it's kind of like a little dance of moving with the horse, offering the pad, maybe even just setting the pad up where they step on it in, inadvertently. Not that I'm gonna kind of confine them into a corner, but kind of set it up where they might wind up stepping on it. And that alone, that nanosecond can have huge, huge effect. So I just kind of, you know, let him move, set up the physio pad, placed his foot on it when I could. And it was obviously having an effect. 
So I got a couple other different pads and I brought them into the pen and I offered him some different densities, but it was clear that really what he wanted was the half physio pad. And that was the thing he was most interested in. So that was okay. I continued to work with him and he, you could see him visibly starting to come down and then suddenly he was able to graze. Now, this is where Dr. Peters talks about, you know, grazing is the, um, a nervous horse grazing is a horse trying to reset himself. And so, so often, you know, you think we bring the horse out of the trailer and he wants to graze and we're like, no, you can't do that. But if we think of it from the perspective of giving him five minutes to graze to calm himself down, that actually might be a good thing. But in any case, um, this horse started to graze on the hay that was available. There wasn't any grass in the pen. And he calmed down and he was able to stand quietly and he was no longer really interested in the physiopad, which was totally fine, right? It had done its job and we got there and uh, I think it was a total of about 20 minutes from the time I arrived. Well, I said, after he's eaten for a while, then go ahead and put him in the van and take him home. Cause I wanted to give him time to fill his belly and come, you know, really settle. So they did that and they loaded up the van and they headed out. And when they got onto the beltway around Washington, DC, they wound up with a flat tire. Now this was Sunday afternoon in Washington, DC. And if you have ever been on the beltway on 495 at that time on that day, on a Sunday, you will know that the traffic is horrendous because everybody's heading back for work. So they called and you know they were in a panic um, and I wound up talking to them and I said, you know, hopefully we won't have to take the horses off the van. Um, you know, I was trying to figure out if I could send somebody with a trailer to help them. Um, they were able to limp off 495 because they had dual wheels. They were able to find somebody that could repair the tire, that change it, and they didn't have to take the horses off the van, which was really good. And then they finally got back on the road and they got home at about 10 o'clock at night. So they had left at about nine in the morning. So we're probably talking, you know, at least 11 hours. That horse walked off the van just fine. He didn't stress on the drive home. He didn't stress about the flat tire. He didn't stress about the delay. He didn't stress about the time. Now he had stressed all the way down. Was that surefoot? One might hope that that was the effect of Surefoot because he was certainly calm when he walked into the trailer, but it's not like I can say, oh, that was Surefoot. I don't, I don't know. All I know is he was okay. And you know what? That's all that really matters. I mean, honestly, uh, the, the more I work with this, and as you know, I have Surefoot practitioners and I'm building out that organization and fleshing out mission statements and value statements and all that kind of thing. The thing that I keep coming back to over and over again is something that has been in my life as a guiding principle since my accident in 1984. And that's safe. It's so important for me that everybody is safe when they're using Surefoot, that we improve rider safety when they're riding a horse, that we think of safety when we're working around a horse, and that we think of safety for the horse. And, you know, it's not like stuff isn't going to happen. It happens all the time. It's a horse, right? Almost 
you know, accidents are almost part of their vocabulary just because they're a flight animal and they're big um, and we're, you know, squishy. Um, but the more we can minimize the risk and up the safety factor as best practices, then the chances of having accidents and colics and, you know, injuries is reduced. It's never going to be eliminated, but it's going to be reduced. And so this is one of my guiding principles with Surefoot and something that I, for me has been there all along, but needs to be sort of imparted to all my practitioners um, as, as a guiding principle that safety comes first. And, you know, to that end, we have our practitioners do case studies, which we review and make sure that there's safe practices. Um, we outline what those safe practices are. Um, and we can't control what everybody does, but I can certainly have a say in what my practitioners do. So from that perspective, by acclimating your horse to surefoot pads, if something does happen, they recognize that surefoot brings them comfort it is going to be easier to work with them when they realize that we're providing that comfort than if they don't. Um, and so that's just something to think about in terms of one of the reasons why you might wanna get your horse used to surefoot pads, because if and when there's ever an emergency, you can trigger that parasympathetic. Now I'm going to have Dr. Rebecca Hosted back. I just love her and I love her succinctness and clarity and planning about safety. Um, and she's going to come back. But you know, what I see here is after listening to her is that if, if we plan ahead and know that our horses recognize the pads as comfort, then say there's an emergency, there's a barn fire and we have to get the horses out of the barn and they're all anxious. We may be able to use the surefoot pads to help them calm down so that they're not escalating. In other words, anytime we wanna trigger relaxation and calmness, whether that's a physical emergency, an emotional emergency or a mental emergency, we can use the pads to trigger that. And from that respect, you know, if you think of a horse that's anxious, it's a mental and emotional emergency. Um, and there are a few horses, I can think of one in particular, that there was no way, you know, pads were going to help this horse. She was so beyond the pale. Um, and there are times when the horses are just so stressed that Surefoot is not going to make a difference. I can remember a demo at Equitana, actually, where the horse was just so overwhelmed that we weren't going to make a difference. Um, but that's rare. It's extremely rare. The majority of times, Surefoot can make a difference. So say your horse has an injury and you have to wait for the vet to come and stitch your horse up. Here's an opportunity to use Surefoot. And it doesn't matter what pattern, excuse me, what foot. I mean, it's just, it's an opportunity. And then of course, um, my horse, and I'll show you, um, I haven't posted a lot about Al lately, but uh, hang on, I'm going to pause, share, and find the right picture. Um, so um, when Daisy Bicking came and she, we did the live webinar in my barn, 
Um, we put some glue on shoes on Al because I wanted to put him back to work. I'm going to do a story about a webinar all about Al. Um, it's been a long story, um, but basically, um, you know, he, he doesn't have enough foot for his size and I wanted to start riding him again and he was a bit short uh, on the driveway. So we decided to put glue on shoes on him. And so Daisy did that. And then he went uh, lame in the left front after she put them on, but then he was getting better. And Daisy wasn't surprised that he might be a little bit owie uh, the first couple of days, but he was clearly improving. Um, and then he started to get worse. And that was about two weeks in, that was last Sunday night. And then he had a little episode of colic the week prior. And then again on the Friday that I posted on Facebook and then Sunday, and this is Sunday, he was again colicky, not a bad colic, not a writhing colic, but clearly not himself. He didn't wanna leave his stall, totally unlike Al. He wanted to stand in the barn. He was just not right. And so I started using Surefoot pads and I called Daisy and she sent out a, a farrier to come and remove the shoes because he was clearly uncomfortable in the front foot and we thought it was the shoes. So she made an emergency call. And here you can see we were using the physio pad to make Al comfortable while she was removing the glue on shoes. And he was more than happy to stand on the pads. And she had to use a grinder because Daisy had used casting. So here he is standing on his physio pad while she's using the grinder, which he didn't care about at all. Um, but she had to work hard to get the shoes off because Daisy had done a really good job. Um, and then when she switched foot, we switched foot with the physio pad. And then here we are because then what we realized was after we pulled the shoes off, Al went more lame. So if it was the shoes, we would have assumed he would have gotten better. And then when he walked out of the barn the next day, he could barely stand on his left hind foot. And then we realized that we had something going on in his left hind foot. Um, and so he, uh, we are assuming he is now brewing an abscess in two feet, the left hind and the left front. Now, actually, Al has a history of abscessing same side. Um, three years ago, he did same side right. Two years ago, he did same side left, one and then the other. Um, but this time we think he's actually abscessing both front and hind left side. Um, and so here we are soaking Al, uh, his left hind foot while he is comfortably resting without any shoes anymore um, on soft pads in front. And what you need to know about Al is he is not terribly interested in surefoot pads when he is feeling okay. So unlike the majority of my customers whose horses love surefoot, my horse is rather disinterested. He's kind of like, yeah, well, whatever. Oh, there she goes again. She's making me stand on these things. I, you know, and he's just, oh, mom, that's kind of what I get normally. But it was clear that when he was colicky and when we were soaking, that he was very much enjoying standing on his surefoot pads during his soak. And he actually really enjoys his soaks also. And just notice that I have a single cross tie so that he can move around if he wants to, he can lower his head. Um, and I clip that cross tie up to the upper ring so that it allows him to come down easier. 
So when we clip to the lower ring, the nose band ring, it kind of holds their head up. But when we clip to the upper ring, they have more flexibility in terms of lowering their head. So here you can see he's just cocked his left hind, advanced his right front a little bit, but he's still really happy to be standing on his pad. So here we are soaking. <laughs> so if you have an abscess situation, Surefoot can be super helpful. We've got that Epsom salt soak and the half physio pad. Here we've got three pads. So depending on what your horse would like, um, just other views. Let's see, I, I, and this is actually one of the things Al likes the best, um, the hay cart that arrives when we have to stand in the barn aisle for any length of time. He thinks that's actually the very best part. Um, very, very happy to hang out with me. And he's been um, more and more looking forward to his soaks because he gets to um, have his hay cart. Because when you're there for 20 minutes, um, it without it does help. So, you know, here's just an illustration. I switched the pad over to the right hind and he's resting his left hind toe on that pad. Uh, here he just stepped down. You know, I was offering a soft pad and he kind of like decided to be on both of them. Um, here we can see that we're soaking the front foot and Al is incredibly relaxed and actually not actually interested in the hay right there for a moment, which is kind of unusual. Oh, and then we are interested in hay. So I just kept, you know, whichever foot I had to soak, I moved the pads around um, to just make it easier. Let me see what else I've got here. Oh, and um, so we've been also doing CO2 treatment. Um, this is kind of an aside, but we've been doing CO2 treatment to help draw out the abscess. So here he is with uh, front and hind feet on left side on a physio pad with a CO2 treatment. So you can combine things. Um, it works totally fine. Um, there's just a, a better picture. I have to tape the bottom of the bag so that Al doesn't step on it with his big feet and put holes in it and that doesn't work so well. Um, so if you're wondering why there's all the duct tape, um, it's to keep him from stepping on the bag. Um, and someone asked about the vet wrap and whether or not it's gonna constrict him. No, it's not. It's just simply keeping the bag closed. So to keep the CO2 in, uh, yes, he does have a big butt. <laughs> um, but just, you know, uh, as, as a means to, you know, having to soak a horse's foot or treat a horse's foot, you know, we, or a leg, say there's a leg injury and your horse is really uncomfortable and you have to redo the bandages. This is another place where you can use the surefoot pads to help ease the horse, make him more comfortable, provide him that support, and um, and you know make it easier for you to get the job done. So somebody's saying our calm, mellow guy likes the surefoot pads, especially when his feet hurt, but all the but all the time. Our other boy who tends to be more emotional and skeptical has not been interested in the pads. I'll try and introduce, reintroduce them to him because I think he would really benefit. Yeah, you know, Mogika, and that's, you bring up a really good point. There's, there's some horses that, I had one horse, he was running backwards the first time I showed him a pad. And six months later, he was standing, no halter, open arena, standing on all fours, falling asleep. So, you know, sometimes they, they need, 
very short exposure and then some time so they can think about it. The other thing would be to actually bring your calm, mellow guy who really likes the pads, bring him up and put him on pads and let the other one watch because they're going to get the feeling from the calm, relaxed horse. They're going to get the, the, this is okay feeling. Um, and we have so many stories about people going to, you know, practitioners going to work on one horse and the other horse walks over and either gets on the pads or wants to be on the pads or um, benefits from being nearby. So, you know, there's a great benefit to just having another horse on the pads nearby. Um, I want to read to you uh, Robin Larson, my forehoof practitioner down in New Zealand, um, knew I was doing this webinar and she sent me an email. Um, and I want to read this to you. It's very early in the morning. So um, because I always do them at one o'clock, it wasn't possible for her to join me. But she said, hi, Wendy, I see you have an upcoming chat about Surefoot and emergencies. I'm sure you have lots of stories, but here are a couple of mine. My mayor wishes had a gas colic bloat mild three times since I got the Surefoot pads. This from pasture, she never stops eating. Wishes is not a huge fan of Surefoot pads, although she does like the pods. With the bloat, I have put the half physio pad under her right hind and she was happy to stand on this. On the first two episodes, I have also slowly run the bladder meridian with my hands. Uh, Robin is a therapist. Within five minutes, Wishes was farting from the Australian team <laughs> for the Australian team <laughs> and visibly looking better. On the third occasion, I decided to use the half physio pad and not my hands. We seemed to get the same result. I used the right hand as I find from fascial perspective. This is the best place to, oh, the right hind. As I find from fascial perspective, this is the best place to target release of restrictions and get the gut moving probably related to the cecum. So that's a very good point that she finds right hind is really, really helpful to use that hoof. She goes on. I recently arrived to do a therapy session with a horse only to meet a frantic owner as the horse had injured a hind leg in the fence. There was an open wound and slight bleeding. I was asked to see the horse in the first place because he had become quite dangerous to people. His owner had the horse checked more than once by different vets and had been told it was behavioral and not pain related. Other professionals had been involved too, and I think I might be the horse's last chance. So I had never met this horse before, and now he was injured and really to, ready to attack anyone who came close. The vet had been called and had been reluctant to even agree to attend. The owner was holding him with some difficulty, and he was lunging at me even as I stood back breathing and trying to calm the owner and the horse. After a few minutes of this, I realized a different approach was needed. I showed him the half physio pad and he actually stopped for a few seconds to sniff it. Then he lunged at me again. I threw the pad at his front feet. He then got interested again and started sniffing it again. When his head came up, I quickly stepped in, picked up the hoof and dropped it onto the pad. He pawed the pad away. I asked the owner to move him, but he wouldn't budge and went back to trying to attack her and was thinking about kicking me too. I used my foot to move the pad, then quickly stepped in again and placed the foot. He stood there for about a minute and the changes in the face were subtle, but there, and he stopped trying to bite the owner. He still didn't wanna move. So after he pawed the pad away again, I waited a minute and re-offered. This time he was quite okay with the idea. I then tried the other side front foot, which he stood on. Then I went to a hind foot. 
He tried to bite the owner again and did threaten to a bit, a bit of a kick, but he was not committed as he had been before. He placed his hoof toe on the pad and rested the leg. I kind of continued in this pattern going from foot to foot until I was able to approach the injured leg and just by touching well up above the injury, the horse lifted his foot and rested the toe on the pad where he stayed for about two minutes. I will say by this time, I was fairly certain we were only dealing with the nasty skin wound as the limbs seemed quite stable and I couldn't see any deeper damage. The whole process took about 20 minutes and by the end, the horse was very relaxed and happy for me to touch him everywhere. I swapped with this owner so she could then have a good look at the injured leg and neither of us were in any danger. The vet arrived and the horse immediately went back into attack mode, but he only wanted to attack the vet and not the owner or myself, whereas earlier he wanted to, to attack us as well. So the owner was able to hold him with a lot more confidence when the vet gave him ID, IV sedation. I left after that. I will follow up with this horse for more surefoot and body work at a later date. The above was potentially dangerous, but I am an experienced trainer and was very careful. The owner also is also used to defending herself from that horse. Wow. I, I just, that story gives me chills because, you know, clearly the horse was in pain and not expecting people to be helpful in relieving the pain. Um, and I have to be honest that Robin sent me this story and I hadn't read it in advance. I printed it out, but then I realized I lost it. And so it was sitting in my email. That's probably one of the most amazing stories that I've read or heard about. Um, and that, that whole idea of safety, if the horse is so dangerous that you can't help him there's, he's not safe. You're not safe. The owner's not safe. And so, yes, Robin is very skilled and I would not ever suggest anybody work with a dangerous horse without the level of skill that she has. She's quite experienced, been a horsewoman all of her life. And yet we can see where Surefoot can make a difference to change a perspective. And this is where I go back to the idea that if you work with your horse with Surefoot, even if they don't like it, like it in the sense of stand on it for any length of time, like Monique's other horse that's not terribly interested. When they need it, they're going to want it. And Al is an example of that, my own horse. He's not interested in Surefoot on a day-to-day -day basis. And when he colic the first time and I put him on pads and he stayed, I knew I had a problem. I mean, it confirmed that he was not comfortable because that's not his typical response. And the fact that he remained on surefoot pads and allowed the pads to help him is a big deal. Um, Sinead uh, McCann came on a webinar and you can find her webinar on obviously on the, on the uh, YouTube channel. She has a horse that really wasn't interested in surefoot pads until he had a colic. And now she says he nickers to her when he sees the purple pads because that's the ones that they really liked and what helped him. And so the, I, you know, I get some people and go, well, this, you know, this doesn't work. My horse doesn't like it. Well, there is no failure with Surefoot. And I think that that's something so important. So, you know, the, the motto that I've come, come up with is safe, uh, always work towards safety, whether that's horses or people, you know, that's a lot what these webinars are about. Um, support, 
we're always looking to offer support, whether that's to a horse or a human. Uh, you know, if there's a person like that person with the headache, I just wanted to support her and offer her something. It's not that I'm trying to fix anything. It's an offer. Would you like this? Give it a shot. What have you got to lose? But to be supportive of those people that are with their horses, as Robin was for this owner, is just an important part of Surefoot. And then, of course, success, because there is no failure. That there's never been a horse that I feel like I failed with in the sense of what we think of being unsuccessful or the horse didn't stand on the pads because when they don't stand on the pads, there's an opportunity to learn something. And I had a horse in Canada that after three days, the horse was not standing on a pad three days. I was working with the horse, no, no standing on the pads. But what I was able to show his owner was a, a way to approach this horse. And by always putting me between the horse and the pad and offering him that position of safety, I'm making you safe because I'm protecting you from this pad, which you are afraid of. And I will go and investigate the pad. I will go stand on the pad. I will kick the pad away from you, offering that safety and then instigating some curiosity because he's in a position of feeling safe. This owner has taken that concept and worked with it and been successful in having the horse stand on a pad, but more importantly, been successful in understanding how to approach this horse. Because he, you know, I mean, I've had some difficult horses. He was one of the most difficult, but also the one to learn the most from. Because it's these difficult horses that we have to think in a new way, in a different way, outside of the box way. Um, and, I, and that ability to say, okay, what I'm doing here isn't working. I've got to come up with something else. That's being intelligent, right? So safe support and success. It's always successful if we sit there and look at what's in front of us, even if it you know, doesn't entirely help the situation, we've made an offer and we can see, okay, that horse isn't going to accept it under that foot, maybe this foot, maybe just a toe as Robin did. And the shift the emotional shift that that horse went through to accept Robin and the owner is absolute success. And the only wish I would have is to convince the vet that if the vet offered, and of course, you know, this is hypothetical that I'm talking about now because we're not there in the circumstance, but if the vet could then offer the comfort, how would the horse be with the vet? And so it's, it's always looking for these opportunities and ways to make improvements, to better the lives of everyone around the horse and to improve safety because horses that are grounded and secure and confident, you feel safe around. You know, you let your kids be around them. Um, when I'm soaking Al's feet, I'm down there, you know, making sure that the uh, Epsom salsa is melted in the bucket and I feel safe around him because we have that relationship. Um, and so, you know, it's something that everybody has with Al, actually. <laughs> everybody loves Al. He's just, um, he's that he is earth. He, if you um, have watched Kim Bauer's webinars, he is earth. Food is very important and he's really, really grounded and always has been. Um, that's just who he is. 
So let me see if I have any other interesting photos here. I have so many of Al's feet soaking lately because that's what I've been doing. Um, does anybody have any uh, stories they want to share or something they've experienced in terms of an emergency where they use their surefoot pads? I'm happy to have you talk about it if you'd like to. Um, or any any circumstances where you're wondering how you might use Surefoot. You can also just pop that in the chat or the Q&A. Um, you guys are really quiet today. But it's, uh, you know, for every circumstance that we can think of where there's a potential, well, uh, and just the whole reason for having the PhysioPad in the first place was uh, our goal to make Farrier safer. So we gave one of our prototype we called it the farrier pad in the beginning, and now we call it the physio pad, um, to a man named Jeff Stubblefield, who's in Tennessee. He's a, well, he's probably a 50-year-old master farrier now. Just a, a lovely, lovely gentleman who does uh, shoes a lot of the stars horses out there in Nashville. And we saw him again about a year after, and he was so grateful for uh, the physio pad that we gave him. But he called me last year, about a year ago now, and that was two years after he'd had his pad or three. And he thanked me again for that pad because he said it allowed him to work on horses that he otherwise would not have been able to work on because they were so uncomfortable, whether that's arthritis or heel pain or navicular or laminitis, laminitis, I didn't really talk about laminitis. Um, but it, it allowed him to do his job and when the horse is comfortable, you're so much safer. I mean, this is really the bottom line. How can we help that horse? Um, so uh, with laminitis, you know, it's a really, it can be a, a, a chronic or acute situation. Um, I remember the one of the times I went up to Felicitas, uh, her older horse was having a bout of laminitis and they had him standing on the soft pads in the corner of the indoor and you could visibly see it made him so much more comfortable. So laminitis is a great opportunity to use Surefoot to help your horses. Um, you know, people always ask me, what is the best pad for laminitis? There isn't any best pad because there's kind of different reasons for different pads. Um, I've used the firm slants because the horse is, the horse is already going down in the, in the front. Um, to support the foot in the direction it's going. Um, Daisy's talked about hard if it is sole pain and soft if it's wall pain. And I'm just gonna tell you, if you have any pads at all and your horse has laminitis, offer the pads. Um, you know, something is better than nothing and you don't have to have the perfect one for the situation, just whatever you've got. Um, and we are coming into laminitis season. We've just had rain, so our grass, which has not been growing, is finally gonna grow and we're hoping we'll have a hay crop. Um, but, you know, that's a situation where the horses are so grateful to have some relief. So it's another circumstance where you can use your foot. And then, of course, for people, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've had a rider that's stressed and anxious and I just pop them on some pads and let them calm down before I put them on a horse. Ah, so Monika said, our stallion, the mellow boy, is insulin resistant and had a bout of subclinical laminitis a couple of years ago. During recovery, a fairy came out and really just botched his feet, cut them way short, including, ooh, soles. He couldn't walk on any hard surface. While waiting for the vet, we offered him the soft pads. He was so relieved. He stood calmly on them for a long time. He didn't want to get off. Yep, 
Thank you for that. That's exactly, he's our sweet stud. Love all the pads now. Yeah. And you know, that's the thing too, with the horses that, uh, like I said, the horses that maybe aren't sure about the pads, if they have an experience where they're uncomfortable and it makes them feel better. Awesome. Um, and you know, Dr. Kelleher, uh, watch her webinars because she's talked about, um, uh, suspensory ligament. And like, if your horse is, uh, you know, acutely lame and has to be laid up, you can use Surefoot with those other legs so that um, you keep that comfort going in the good legs and keep some core stability. Um, Lori says, I have a horse with polyneuritis and the pads have helped him tremendously. I've used them in conjunction with vet osteopathy, but it has done wonders. Wow, that's awesome. That's so good to hear. You know, I just, that's, that's what keeps me going, knowing that there's Surefoot success stories out there and that horses are being helped and it's making a difference. Um, because there's some days, you know, it's like I'm back here in the office, but it's those success stories that do keep me going. So thank you so much for that. Um, so I, that's about what I, oh wait, there's a, I just, I finally just saw the question in the Q and A, let's see. Could I say something more regarding Surefoot pads in urgent situations with a horse who's never experienced them? Okay. so. The story with Robin um, is certainly uh, an experience. And you know, the thing is, if the horses never seen them before, it's okay to just offer anything and let them walk off. And they, they might not touch, oh, I, I do have one other story. You know, even if it's a nanosecond, you'd be amazed at what it can do. So I was at the Pennsylvania Expo a number of years ago and I was supposed to be doing a jumping demo and this horse was rearing. Um, and so I took the, the child off because it was totally unsafe. And I took the horse and I walked it over in front of the audience, which was about 300 people. And I offered it a pad and it touched the pad and reared straight up. I walked a circle and came back and I offered the pad again. It touched the pad and pushed itself sideways. I walked a circle and came back and I put its foot on the pad and it touched the pad and it dropped its head and neck down. I took it for another walk. I came back, I offered again, and it put its neck down and started nuzzling the ground. The total time was three and a half minutes. The time on the pad was less than four seconds. And so when you have a horse that is stressed but never seen the pads, that's where you've gotta be careful because they're reacting, they're in pain. They don't know what's going on, they hurt. So don't have any expectations about what they're going to do. Do prepare yourself for what might happen unexpectedly, you know, that, that I've had horses literally blow up. Um, this horse reared the first time he touched the pad, but I, you know, I knew it wasn't at me. It was the same reaction we'd just seen. And it took so little time for that horse to switch three and a half minutes total. Um, so, if you're not, if you don't feel skilled enough, do not do it. You can set the pads up where the horse can inadvertently walk over them if you have a narrower area and you can just scatter the pads. The physio, the full physio is the best one to use for that because the other ones move too easily. But like you can set up the full physio where you're walking him in the arena and he can, you know, it's near the wall and he kind of walks and steps over it. And, you know, what amazes me is how little time a horse's foot needs to hit that pad to have an effect. I've seen that so many times. Um, you know, people think they have to stand up for minutes. They don't. 
They don't. It can happen in seconds. So keep yourself safe, number one. Um, number two, see if you can set up an environment where it's you're safe and if the horse reacts, he's safe. Um, and then just offer and with no expectations, see what happens. It's worth a try. And I just wanna thank everybody for tuning in and joining me today. Um, it's, you know, I think that this is one of the most important things about Surefoot, um, that it can help horses that are really stressed. And, um, you know, it's, you've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. So thank you for joining me. Um, it's a pleasure to have you with me on this journey. And I look forward to seeing you next week. We've got Janet Jones coming. I think it's next week. Uh, Human Brain, Horses Brain, um, author. So I'm really excited about that. I better read her book this weekend before she gets here. <laughs> and um, we'll see you next week. Have a fabulous weekend. And thank you so much for joining me. Bye.